This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Welcome to Revolution Church Podcast, another episode of our Meet Your Congregation uh, special edition episodes that we do on Wednesdays. I'm here for the first time over Zoom with Pastor Jay Baker. Hello, Jay. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Not so bad. And we also have over Zoom online listener Charity Baker with 1K. Hello, Charity. Hi, how are you? Excellent, excellent. And we're, uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording. You are in, uh, you're close to Pasadena, I believe, in, the Californ- in California. Um, what, where exactly in California are you? It's a uh, Los Angeles area near okay. Pasadena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So LA County. Did you grow up in that area? I grew up in Orange County, which uh-huh. is about 20 miles south. Okay. Um, suburban, you know, land of Disneyland. <sighs> yeah. I guess a lot of people know OC now. Back in the yeah. day, I tell people like, oh, the Orange like, Curtain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Orange Curtain. <laughs> and they had, wasn't there like an Ashton Kutcher movie? called Orange County that came out. I, I remember when I was like there, sixth grade or something like that. I think there was. It was like, um, was it Colin Hanks, I think? Oh, yeah. I never saw it. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't need to see that. <laughs> there was a whole TV show called Orange County. Oh, okay. Yes, that was a dramatic show with like Misha Barton and then um, yeah. and then the Real Housewives of Orange County, which I yeah. unfortunately watched the Real Housewives stuff. Right. <laughs> Wasn't there another reality show just called The O.C.? Or was that, was that a reality show or a... Faux I think reality. That was a TV show. TV show. That was a TV show, yeah. And then there was Laguna Beach and all that was a reality show and TV stuff, yeah. My life wasn't anything like any of those shows. Oh, so. shocking. <laughs> <laughs> bummer. Yeah, exactly. Bummer. <laughs> no, actually no, I don't think I'd want to be like like those people. <laughs> awesome. Well, so how long how long have you been um in the orbit of revolution and jay how, how long have you been kind of you know what i have been following you guys for a while now like i don't know like five or six years or something cool. um i know that i started watching that show a long time ago the sundance show that jay was on yeah the documentary oh, yeah. series I, yeah and one I, talk under god yeah yeah and i had seen that and i was like oh my gosh, I totally relate to this. And I remember I was when I saw the billboard, I was like, oh, this is going to be so interesting. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my dad is a um, was a Pentecostal minister. And, you know, I kind of get the pastor's kid thing and all that. Okay. Um, so I was really interested in it. And I really loved what you were doing with, um, you know, just being inclusive and Thank you you. Know, starting to come out about LGBTQ and being, you know, affirming in the church. And, um, I was like, yeah, yes, absolutely. All that. <laughs> it was um, such a strange time for them to be like doing all that stuff. Cause I remember when they approached me about it, cause they had done the eyes of Tammy Faye, the production okay. company is called the world of wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do like RuPaul's drag race and all that stuff, but they come to me and said, we want to do this. And I'm like, it's going to be boring. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I study in bars, you know, and drink coffee and smoke a cigar or something. I'm like, you're going to be, or I guess I smoked cigarettes at the time. Back and then, yeah. Like, it's good. That's going to be really boring. And, um, they're like, no, no, no. And so we did it. And of course I decided to become affirming LGBTQ supportive. You know, my mom got sick again. Yeah. You know, that was like the last year of that, my marriage, my first marriage. And so it was really, well, what a, a weird time. Anyway, sorry. No, I really related to that. Um, trying to find it, forge your own path within that world. And I, I think I've always felt like that, but 
very few people are like, yay, on your journey when you're in sort of an evangelical slash. I mean, I don't even want to name it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're, if you're Episcopalian and Catholic or Protestant or even Presbyterian, it's okay. Yeah, we all are more progressive. But when you're sort of like raised in the evangelical slash Pentecostal, it's there's very few people that are willing to be like, yeah, rah, rah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. No, it was totally yeah. scary because, I mean, I just felt like the, the, like the floor drop out from underneath me after that show. <laughs> you know? oh, no. It was like <laughs> actually during it. Um, it was pretty amazing to see how, you know, how unprogressive evangelicals were. But uh, yeah, I think that's the thing, um, Jay, that that I have been kind of realizing is contextualizing um, why the when I was introduced to to your message and and um, and the context that I was in and just the framing that I'd been coming from, the framing that you were coming from. It was it was groundbreaking, man, like for a person who was approved by evangelicals to say, hey, it's OK to be queer at myself as a queer person. It was like, like it blew my head up wide open, man. And like so. <laughs> yeah. And so now it's like like kids who were born maybe past I don't know, sometime in the 90s can be like, oh, yeah, like, no shit. Like, yeah, he, all churches should be affirming, of course. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you have to think yeah. about the context that this man was coming from and the fact that this, like, literally, it was kind of worst case scenario for you, Jay, because your staff was taken away. You had to fire, like, you had to be the bearer of bad news. Hey, sorry, I'm affirming now. And so you don't have a job. <laughs> so you don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, thinking about the context of it, it it's, it's, it's funny. And I'm going to go in a small rabbit trail here. That like, but I know the other tech heads will appreciate the fact that like when Jimi Hendrix was playing guitar on on this distorted amp that was made to be a clean amplifier, but he just turned the tubes up so hot that they got distorted, and he made this whole new style of music. Nowadays, people can play his licks no problem. He wasn't a great guitar player, but he was doing something that, in the context of the time, was just monumental and 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 shifted the whole spectrum for a lot of people, man. And so yeah. I think that's the important thing that a lot of people need to remember. And of course, it's not groundbreaking, Jay, when you get up now and you say, it's okay to be gay. It's like, oh, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's not groundbreaking no, right. and it shouldn't be. And thank God, because of the work of people like you, it's not like that big of a shocker. Um, but that's why we keep on moving forward. And now we're talking about, you know, um, disagreeing well and, 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 and different things. But I think that was like the fact that you were there at that time, Jay, uh, if, if there is a God, that, that God put those puzzle pieces together and made that happen for a lot of us, man. It was, yeah, it was a strange time. But I mean, I still feel like it still is somewhat groundbreaking. It's, you know, in LA it's, you know, now that we have COVID now I can go to church online. So it's like, okay. But when I was trying to more go to church in person, I really can't find a church that I'm into that is progressive in Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. It's weird, right? You know, cause I'm not Episcopalian. I tried, Hmm. But I think um, then I liked it. It was nice. But, you know, then they had a prop. The certain church I went to, Episcopalian church, wasn't happy that I was divorced. Oh, wow. interesting. Oh, it was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, I found this church. You know, I mean, I'm not part of the LGBTQ community, but I feel like it's super important to be affirming and loving totally. towards that community. It's something that I feel really strongly about. And it's hard for me to go to churches when they don't. Um, have that belief system and you know like a lot of the churches I'll go I've gone to before I'll be like oh well it's okay if you're at our church but yeah. we yeah. don't condone that lifestyle but we're, we want to know you're welcome 
but we don't condone that. And I'm like, I think I put up with that for a little bit. And yeah. now I'm like, I, this is just too much. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like the kind of like the, the Hill song thing. It's like, you know, there's very, you come in, it's like a club and it's really cool. And the pastor mm-hmm. looks cool and everybody looks cool. And yeah. they don't even, ta- they don't even talk about it. No, know? they don't. They and try to hide all that. I mean, I think until I'm someone from- decides they want to get a job there or yeah. volunteer, then it's like, exactly. Like, and then they're like, Oh, what, what you, what's your deal? Like, let's look at your Instagram or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> See what you're up to, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of a bait and switch. It's just too bad. Yeah. I mean, I think I've kind of struggled with that my whole life um, because my dad was a Pentecostal evangelist and, you know, he would do his thing. And then I went to a private Christian um, church school from like pre-kindergarten to high school. Oh my God. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) And he didn't really have like a home church. He would travel and preach within a certain like, you know, Pentecostal fellowship. Um. So I wasn't like the pastor's kid that had the home church where I was like, right. no, I went to the private Christian school and he was not a part of that affiliation, oh, like their mm. own fellowship of churches. And so, you know, their pastor's kids were like the royalty of the school. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, my dad's a pastor too. And they're like, oh, but he's a such and such right. pastor. And I was right. like, no. And they were like, looked at me like my dad was a part of the church of Satan. Like, you know, like, oh, he's not a, this pastor, right. you know. Um, totally. And- no, I, yeah, I got that when my, yeah, when I changed, when my parents lost everything, I went to another Christian school and all of a sudden my parents didn't run it. And it was Baptist and my parents were assumed as a God. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's weird how we have those divisions just within the different, um, even the people that say they're non-denominational. Yeah, they are. They are a part of their own thing, and um, so I think I struggled always with not feeling Christian enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like I went to the church school, and I was always like, on a scale of one to ten, how's your walk with God? And I was like, <laughs> like my dad doesn't ask me these questions. Uh, like, what do you right. know? Like, <laughs> it was just always so strange to me. Um, you know, and it's like you weren't Christian enough unless you were like, you know, raising your hands and mm, like you know an afterglow for hours. Yeah. You know. Um, or unless you were a part of the cool rich kid crew and then you were untouchable because your parents gave a certain amount of money to school or, you know, something like that. Um, so I always felt weird. Um, and I always, I disagreed with a lot of them in a lot of sense. My dad was really, um, he was really amazing in that he always studied so much and he Mm. really was into different theologians and, um, he would always have friends that were different pastors and different, like, Oh, this is a pastor. And, you know, like you talked about assemblies of God or church of Christ or, and they would get together and have these like little talks and, you know, talk about theology. And he was someone I could always bounce ideas off of or be like, Hey, you know, I'm not so sure about this. Or what do you think about this? And, um, it was hard when I lost it. My dad died, uh, five, four years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. That's really tough. Yeah. And before that, like five or six years before he died, um, he started getting dementia. Mm. So, oh, man, that happened to my grandmother before she passed. That was so hard. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And it, it was, it was like weird because it wasn't like he didn't remember who I was, but his personality definitely changed. And, you know, he was older, he was in his eighties and, um, I had an older dad. And, uh, so he didn't really, his mind kind of changed. He didn't really want to talk about that kind of stuff anymore because he couldn't really read anymore. And yeah, taxing for him. And it was really hard the first time I called him. I was like, 
you know, I always call him to talk about, you know, stuff or if I was having rapture anxiety because I grew up <laughs> in churches that made yeah. us watch the thief of the night when we were like kids, you know, um, oh, God. So. that's just like plant of deep seeds in my brain. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I just had, I mean, on a whole nother subject, I just had a whole like come to Jesus moment, you know, pardon the pun with that whole series because I, found it on like a weird streaming i showed it to my boyfriend <laughs> and my boyfriend is a christian but he grew up in a little bit more of like a um i don't want to say stable but sort of stable church life and he didn't have yeah. to school so um i i kept trying to explain to him these movies he's like what is it like kirk cameron i'm like no dude it's like from the 70s and there's like a guillotine and it freaked me the f out yeah. and there's like a yeah you had to get your and the, get the mark or get your hair. head cut off yeah. and he's like what are you talking about so we rewatched the movies like literally just like two two months ago and i swear to you something in me when i rewatched them and i saw what they were doing and the propaganda even though yeah. I it in my head i rewatched it and i was like oh my gosh and it sort of clicked in me and it's weird because even though i've kind of dealt with this my whole life and kind of said you know what i don't believe in this way i believe in this way and you know, whatever, and dealt with different, like, you know, getting into like, you know, your, your, the way that you pastor and the way that I see other pastors pastor, like, um, I still was sort of had this weird tie to me. I felt like, like almost like a rock, you know, of this like burden of like, I'm not Christian enough or doing the right thing. And my boyfriend pointed out in the movie, he was like, you know, in the movie, the bad guys aren't the guys that are like trying to give you the mark of the beast. He's like, the bad guy is Patty. Because they're telling her she's not Christian enough. Yeah. She goes to church, but she's not going to the church that teaches her about the rapture. <laughs> you know? And I'm right. like, oh my gosh. And something clicked in me. And I'm like, I've sort of been this movie and this way that I grew up in the church school sort of affected my whole life and sort of like self-worth. And like, am I worthy enough? Am I Christian enough? Even with my dad being as awesome as he was and the strong relationship I had with him, you know, like I was starting to say six or seven years before he died, when he got the dementia, it was really hard for me because I had nobody, I didn't have my touchstone anymore. Yeah. I sort of started, had to think about going to a church again because I didn't go to church after I left high school because I mean, God, when you know, Caleb, we're near those schools. It's like every single, or you too, Jay, in those schools, every single week you have like, what is a chapel? And then there's yeah. like spirit, Holy chapel. spirit week. And then you have chapel like every day. And mm. then, you know, it's just so drilled into you going to church camps. I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm just done. Like, yeah. I believe God, I believe Jesus. I have my personal relationship um, with him. And I just don't want to be at church anymore. Like, yeah. I not deal with the feeling that I'm not good enough. I feel like when, yeah, I, I totally, I, I get every single little ism that you've referenced and every time you know i I fully i'm it is kind of uh i'm enjoying just listening to to your perspective i relate so much with it because like it's wild yesterday i um decided i made a choice a conscious choice to watch some uh conservative christian propaganda um about how effective conversion therapy is just because I was like, okay, they're, they're still making this nowadays. I, I want, okay, well, let's see what they're saying. And it triggered some, like these weird guilt pockets in my brain. They were like, oh yeah, you're not good enough. Or, or, oh yeah. Like, you know, because it was these people talking about how effective it was for them. And then it was like, wait a minute. Like there, there's, there's a, a glassiness in their eyes and there's like this, like 
in order to yeah. be indoctrinated, if, if, if something has to be drilled into your head every single day of the week and then extra drilled into your head every Wednesday, every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, if you have to yeah. reinforce something so much and say, oh, you can't hang out with those people because they might infect your brain with new ideas, this and this yeah. and that, like if, if it takes that much effort to instill a certain worldview into a child's head, there's something going on, even if it's a healthy worldview. Okay, even if it's right, let's say let's let's give them that. You know, let's say it's right. Okay, fine, it's right. But like, if you have to go through so much labor and effort to instill this into a child's brain, like, there's something else going on here. I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of times in those like church schools, it's like you constantly get told about the big bad boogeyman that is the world. Right. Yeah. Secular. Being in the world. Yeah. You know, like it's us against them. Yes. And my parents weren't really like that. They were more kind of just loose and whatever. And I, maybe because my dad was an older dad. I don't know. That's he why he was so evil. He was, he was so progressive. Yeah, he could have lot, been a lot more stringent in the 50s and 60s when he was a Pentecostal <laughs> pastor. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. But, I'm not firing Brinson. You know, yeah, but later he was a lot more like love and, you know, let's, let's you know, we can talk about all these things and, you know, there's no absolute, you know, mm. You know, this is not a matter of salvation. We can have a discussion about this, discussion about this. He would always talk about that, you know. Um, but those sort of places that you go to, those institutions and those schools, they, they try to drill in your head when you're young. Like, you know, the world is scary. That's the world. And we're not yeah. in the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. And this twisting of verses, you know. Yeah. Um, and I still struggle with that, which is why I'm glad I started listening to you guys. Like, I think it was like a month or so ago. I was like on Facebook and it came and I'm barely on Facebook and it came up and I was like, Oh, revolution, you know, it's doing live. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why don't I like, yeah. like the revolution? Cause I totally agree with these guys. A lot of stuff. I'm like, I need to do this. And I've been sort of going through a thing where the past four years have been really, really hard for me um, with my dad dying. And I basically got divorced the same year. It oh was yeah. Like, it's tough. And you know, it was all like a month before the election four years ago. Yeah. And I mean, I literally say that everything just hit. Yeah. I was like, the world has literally not looked the same since my dad died. Literally, like not even figuratively, like literally I'm like, what, what's happening? Um, and I, you know, I try to, you know, Oh, you know, read the Bible, read this. And I struggle with, um, reading certain verses and feeling that, that same old stuff that they tried to stick me with and the way they right. no, know, I get it. verses to sort of get at you. And um, I've been kind of the last year I've been like, I need to commit myself to restudying the Bible by myself and restudying it and re going over it and figuring things out. Because as I pray in the past year or so, two years, I've been, God has really been showing me like, where like, Hey, you don't need to be like, it's like, look at the good part of the verse. Like I'll look at the bad part of the verse, Yeah, you know, like the, um, the verse that's like, uh, uh, blessed is a man who walked not in the path of the ungodly. And that doesn't stand in the way of sinners. And he shall be like a tree planted in, by the rivers of waters. But then it goes on to say that the people that are ungodly are like blowing in the wind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, See, it's the ungodly part. Like, oh, so it's me. Like, I'm ungodly. I'm like, you know, I, and I feel like God's like, no, look at the other part. Like, you are, you're okay, you know? And I definitely think, uh, you know, as I've been listening to your guys' sermons the past, you know, month or so, um, it's definitely the right, like, I'm like, yes, this is what I need to help me with. 
because you guys are very cerebral and you look things and it's, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I don't know how to word it, but no, but I mean, you're right. I mean, it's critical thinking. I mean, for me yeah. getting out of Christian school and kind of reading the gospels for the first time, I think in my late teens, really for myself, it was like, I was shocked how different Jesus's life was from what I was told. Like I was almost told to do the opposite of what Jesus was doing. Like, don't go out to those people. Don't hang out with these people. Don't associate right. with those people. And then I read about Jesus and it was exactly the opposite. You know, Absolutely. and so I think that's what really got into me. And, um, and I, you know, I read the, the scriptures very, uh, very, I mean, very critically. You know, I have a very critical mind when it comes to the verses and careful how I, 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 I look at them and I'm not a literalist. So that helps, but also. Yeah you know, studying, you know, what was going on at the time and, and what was going on, you know, what were the traditions were. And I'm also very Paulinian, but I also think that some of the Paul, you know, books of Paul are not actually Paul. So like, you know, anybody who knows theology probably understands, but yeah, it's just, it's, you know, gosh, it's a tough thing. It's a tough, it's yeah. tough to, tough to move around and, and to, you know, and how do we apply these ideals to, to everyday life is also kind yeah. of a, Absolutely. a struggle, especially when we've, you've been taught most of your life that Christianity is something that it's not almost to the point where it's like the most evangelicalism is almost a type of heresy. You know, it's like, Absolutely. it's like this, yeah, it's like now I'm turning the tables. They called me a heretic most of my life and now I'm kind of turning back and going, well, actually yeah. <laughs> you guys are the ones 100%. who pushed me to study. And what I've studied, I found out that, mm -hmm. you know, what you guys are preaching is just really like this American tradition of something that calls itself Christianity, totally. but doesn't seem to be, you know, and seems oh, to yeah. maybe cherry pick. I mean, we all cherry pick. I, I, I don't have an issue with that. Jesus cherry picked. All cherry pick when they used verses, you know, everybody does it, but, um, but the idea is what they, you know, they do it to, for more of a control issue. And I think, I think people have a lot of fear, you know, I mean, I think when I first started as a pastor, I think I had a fear of how the congregation made me look, you know, mm -hmm. and then you start to like get past that. And then you're, you know, then you're worried about what the congregation thinks. And then when someone leaves, you feel hurt. And then, yeah. You know, I had to go through all that. Now that I'm at a point where if someone leaves, I'm like, oh, that's one less person I have to worry about. And yeah. I hope they do their best, you know, and yeah. we're always here if you need us. Um, but, you know, you, it's hard not to get let all your insecurities also play into that. And I often see a lot of pastors who are dealing with insecurities or they're dealing with their denominations, putting heavy burdens on them. Yeah, and, you know, absolutely. Well, I went to school to make money. And if I don't walk the line i'm gonna lose everything i have so yeah totally and it's easy to say like well you should just do the right thing you know and it's like but yeah you know but when you have to count the cost and when it's yeah. how you you know take yeah. care of your yeah. family it gets a little scary too Good it's point. like you know it's really you know. it's really hard yeah, I, yeah my dad went through that a little bit as well you know within his own preaching um where he had to break ties with a certain fellowship because or they broke ties with him because he preached at a different church outside of their right. that left. And that was really hurtful for him. And you're right. Unless you know about being in the ministry, it is hard to um, understand why some people don't, you know, shake it up or, you know, do yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have empathy for people after what I went through. I mean, at first I think I put a lot of pressure for people to jump on the same bandwagon with me and be like, come on guys. And some of the leaders I actually did, I went and met with them. Like, if you guys do this, it's going to be easier for guys like me. 
yeah. um, to not get nailed. But, um, and it happened over time, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, I definitely have empathy for folks and everybody's, you know, gosh, we all have different backgrounds, different stories and which cause us to see things differently. And then we all have our own contradictions that sometimes aren't easy for us to spot, but other people can spot. It's funny because last night I was thinking about Joel Olstein and how everybody makes fun of Joel Olstein constantly and his, you know, prosperity gospel. But, you know, I met with Joel Olstein about LGBTQ rights. And the funny thing was that out of all these mega churches that I met with, yeah. so I was working with, with uh, Soul Force, Joel is the one who had me back to his office and sat down and talked to me. And I could almost feel it. Like he had other people there who were like watching him. Yeah. <laughs> you could almost feel his desire to want to be an LGBTQ ally. Like yeah. it was just like... I could see that. It was almost like... I just have the burden of this gigantor church and all these people that won't let me do it. But if it was just me alone, if I just had the freedom to do it. And I was like, you know, and the funny, and this is just a side note, but he asked for my sister's phone number, you know, I mean, this is the biggest preacher in the world at the time. You know, my sister's like, did you have somebody call me pretending to be Joel Olstein and leave a message (laughs) on my my phone? (laughs) You know? And I was like, no, that was freaking Joel Olstein, you know? And it's just funny when you kind of have these experiences that humanize people, even in confrontation. Absolutely. You're able to experience their humanity. And my last talk, I was saying, you know, what I think I grace outside of Christianity is that it might be just the idea of when we're able to disagree well and see the humanity of one another and we give each other grace to be live in the universal of humanity you know yeah so i don't know that's great i'm not trying to preach here no i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna preach i just couldn't sleep last night (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah it's interesting what uh what what insomnia will do to your theology it's it's fascinating Absolutely. (laughs) absolutely no i mean i agree with you like there's a lot of people um you know, there, not everybody was bad at that church school. I had some really great, totally. like, you know, junior pastors too that were really awesome to me. Um, and my dad, I loved my dad. I didn't always agree with certain things that he was into or believed. Um, I was a little more progressive than him, but I also helped him move a little bit past some stuff. Yeah. Um, and I have my family who I love who thinks that I am just way out of control too liberal, <laughs> you know, but I love them. And, you know, absolutely. I really like what you guys have been talking about lately as far as learning to disagree well, because in terms of like a broader view in this country, like we're not going to get anywhere Mm-mm. unless we learn to like talk to each other like people rather yeah. than enemies and social media really doesn't help. No, it doesn't. I mean, and then you look at like even things like the like the Senate. You know, I mean, it's like this: like they represent America, and they're split down the middle and can't get anything done. Yeah, you know, because no one, you know, adults, <laughs> mature adult yeah. politicians are unable to have argue well and have you know productive conversations and put mm-hmm. the party line, you know, or the, you know, like in the church or something, you know, the denomination or the yeah. theology on the sidelines to say, Hey, we can sit down and work this out for the better, for the better good. Absolutely. You know, the church as a whole, rather than just our church or our church institution. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So, so what, what, should we ask the question? Cause I know we have more going on today. Um, Do you want to ask the question, Caleb? Sure. I'll ask the question in my roundabout way. (laughs) So Trudy, 
What's the, the question? question? The proposition. <laughs> Here we go. Are you ready to give your life to Jay Baker as your personal Lord and Savior? <laughs> I'll raise my hand in the altar call. Again. Wait, wrong hand, Charity. <laughs> Other hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, we always we just ask people for feedback. We just ask if there's anything that we can do better. If there's anything um, that that we have done that maybe has resonated with you that we could do more often. Sometimes we're not too dialed in. To this, we kind of look for a focus group in this part of it. In this segment, we we look for a little bit of feedback. If there's anything that we could uh, that maybe we we could do more of or do better or tweak in any way that might help you or benefit you as as a as a congregation member. I mean, I think so far I. Um I really enjoy everything. Um, I mean, I think it's just like, I think you guys just being yourselves and authentic the way that you guys are is the best thing that you guys can keep doing because it comes across to people like me or people like any other congregation member. I'm sure that we're, that we want to be a part because we see ourselves in this. And, um, you know, I think just, I think just you guys doing great so far. I mean, you know, and I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of people, you know, I know you guys were saying, oh, it's not as groundbreaking anymore, but I do think you guys are still really groundbreaking. There is not a lot of church community that is willing and open to talk about a lot of the issues you guys talk about and um, and willing to question or willing to go there with certain things. There's really not a lot. Um, and it's really hard to find that church community that can have open discussions and not feel like, you know, judged or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I, I only have positive things to say. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yes. It's a nice little uh, pat on the back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry if I talk too much. I'm <laughs> not at all. No, <laughs> this is great. This is the whole point is so we all get to kind of somewhat know each other and yeah. know we're out there. and Totally. Yeah. You know, there's going to be people who are totally you know, where you're at and then completely not where you're at, but hopefully have yeah. a better understanding of, you know, I guess where the three of us have come yeah. from, yeah. you know, so that's great. So well, I appreciate it. And thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird now that we're like watching cause we don't have an actual jet real yeah. service anymore. So it's like, no. I've slowly become my father. No. The more no. I try. <laughs> People always thought I was related to you when I was. Oh young. Yeah. Because I grew up in the 80s and it oh, was yeah. like, and they're like, oh, oh your dad's a pastor. Your last name's Baker. Is it? And I'm like, no, it's only 1K. It's not 2K. Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad's not that the, famous. He's not I got the TV. same question, but I had to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to <laughs> fight about it? That was like the <laughs> next my dad. Um, Yeah. Right. <laughs> my dad could out preach your well, dad. My grandma loved, loved your family. Oh, my God. Aww. My grandma was just always. She, I remember I was my grandma's favorite out of all the cousins, but nice. my two cousins got to go to heritage. Oh, really? Funny. And then I was not my grandmother's favorite for two or three weeks. And I was real angry about it. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't go on. They got to go to heritage. Oh my gosh. I got to see the puppets. I got to, you know, she was all excited. And I was like, why am I, why couldn't I go to heritage? Wow. <laughs> what is that was a strange time speaking of strange things that was a strange time it's well, you know what? it's gotten you where you're at now and you have this platform you know yeah definitely no i'm grateful i'm grateful to grateful for the past i don't want to relive it by any yeah. means but i'm grateful for it and uh so stay safe there in la and i will i'm hunkered down not yeah. going anywhere 
Been hunkered well, down for months. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. Well, yeah. yeah, I know. We just moved to Seattle and I don't think either one of us know what the city right. is actually like and probably won't know for a few more months. Yeah. So it's like, what do you think of the city? I'm like, well, yeah, it You're doesn't like snow. <laughs> yeah. No snow. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love Seattle. So I'll yeah. have to come up and visit when everything's safe and you guys are doing it. That'd be person. great. Cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, have a great day. You have Thanks, Charity. Yeah. Thank, Thank you guys you. so much. All, All right. right. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Revolution Church Podcast. Revolution Church is pastored by Jay Baker, produced by Post-Christian Podcasting, and the music that you're hearing right now is written, composed, and recorded by Andrew Bryant. Keep up with us at revolutionchurch.com and follow us on social media. Post-Christian Podcast.